Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Let's get a big thumbs up. Get ready to rock and roll today. Let's have some fun. 400 laps. I got you guys there. Have a great day. 10 4. Tonight, we'll make it happen. We know what we got to do. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live. Certainly, things fell favorable for us uh, with the cautions that did come. We were able to have some really good restarts. Uh, that was key for us as well. And when I went to Bristol, I won pretty pretty quickly. They think it's going to be tough. I feel like they should hit the gym more. NASCAR Live is brought to you by Hercules Tires. Right on our strength. From the Motor Racing Network studios in Concord, North Carolina, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of NASCAR Live here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the MRN crew with you coming out of a weekend in Texas and gearing up for a run to Bristol Motor Speedway in Thunder Valley. Got lots on the show for you today, including NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace, who'll be talking about Bristol. Matter of fact, he can write you volumes on that place with all the successes that he's had over the years. We'll relive some of his favorite moments, and we'll take a trip down memory lane with one Rusty Wallace. Also, NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Cole Custer is going to join us, talk about the 2019 season. Of course, he got that win a few weeks ago at Auto Club Speedway in Fontana. We'll pick his brain about that and what he expects coming up as well. We're a quarter way through the season. We're going to look at who would be the championship for right now if the playoffs were to start. Also, April Fool's Day drivers tell us their favorite pranks and a whole lot more. But first, Kim Kuhn has stopped by to tell us what all the NASCAR fans were talking about via social media over the weekend. Kim, what do you have for us? Thanks, Mike. Well, Greg Biffle's return to the NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series was one of the hottest topics of the weekend. Everyone was posting about this. Biffle came to Texas and actually tested Kyle Busch's truck in the first practice, the same truck that Kyle actually ended up winning the truck race with. And the Biff will officially make his return to racing in June, driving for Kyle Busch. And he says it took a bit of persuading on Kyle Busch's part. Why? Yeah. Because um, Kyle needed somebody to drive the 51 in uh, June. So, you know, he, they explained it that the K&N's running ARCA, Xfinity, and Cup. Everybody is somewhere else. And so it kind of leaves the, the pool gets kind of thin when they start looking at who they can get to drive uh, for that particular race. I don't think they have that issue. Obviously, anywhere else there's a plethora of young uh, talent, bunch of you know guys that they're 100 capable and kyle and i were shooting the bull about it and he kept texting me sorry does that mean you're gonna do it i'm like well i'm still thinking about it so it, it it i thought about it for a while i wanted to make sure it was the the right thing and you know it was it's a huge opportunity great great uh truck and a great team and you know i just wasn't sure if it was time for me or not so I thought about it a while. Biffle went on to say that it was a bit intimidating jumping back in the truck, but it didn't take long to get comfortable again, and it should be fun to see what Biffle can do in June when he's back behind the wheel. A continuing theme on NASCAR social media is... Dun-dun-dun. Cup Series qualifying in Phoenix. It was a fight between Dino Suarez and Michael McDowell. The following week in Fontana, no cars qualified in the final round as drivers were waiting and ran out of time. NASCAR reacted this past week implementing a new rule that would prevent clogging on pit lane. So they thought 
Here's what actually happened. After the first round of qualifying this past week, Clint Boyer vented his frustration about being blocked on pit road by Ryan Newman, who didn't actually receive a penalty. Cup Series director Jay Fabian reacted, saying nothing is off the table with possible changes that could be coming to qualifying. It's disappointing that they set out there as long as they do. It's disappointing that they give reasons of why they don't go, and then someone goes and they choose to not follow them. So a lot of the, a lot of what they say doesn't add up with their actions on pit road. I guess that's that's the disappointing part. When you see someone roll, you would assume that somebody would follow them, and they chose not to which kind of leads you to being landlocked at the end of pit road. Yeah, we do have time to process it, but at the same time, we'll, we'll, we'll put more thought into it and react the way we feel like we need to. Again, whatever, whatever we have to do to give the fans what they want to see with cars qualifying is what we're going to have to take steps to achieve. Looking ahead, qualifying should be less of an issue the next two weeks as Aero doesn't play as much of a factor at the short tracks of Bristol and Richmond. And then Talladega is single car qualifying. So the next issue we could see with qualifying would be at Kansas. And you might actually expect NASCAR to make changes before then. And finally, Denny Hamlin won his second race of the season this past week in Texas. And it wasn't easy. Hamlin overcame a speeding penalty to secure Coach Gibbs his fourth win of the year in the Cup Series. In short, really all, it, all that cost us today was we, we lost out on stage points in the first stage. And it, and it probably cost us a lot of laps led um, more than likely but certainly things fell favorable for us uh, with the cautions that did come we were able to have some really good restarts uh, that was key for us as well the final two restarts we were really able to gain positions and really I thought that we were able to go through the pack as good as anyone when we did get behind so that that was key it looked like passing was was very very difficult there's no doubt about it but it seemed like our car could move around uh, as good as anyone, and that's what was allowed me to be aggressive and allowed me to come through the pack multiple times. Joe Gibbs Racing retweeted a video this week on Twitter of Hamlin putting up his win sign from Texas at the shop. Denny had a little fun, though, hanging the sign, pretending to slip on the ladder. It was April Fool's Day when he hung it, so maybe that played a factor. You can check out the video on both Denny's Twitter and Joe Gibbs Racing handle. But the Daytona 500 champ has one goal in mind for the remainder of the season, his first championship. Go, Denny, go. Follow us on social media at MRN Radio. And for more on the latest news in NASCAR, visit MRN.com. Thank you, Kim. Coming up, Steve Post, Woody Kane, and Dylan Welch discuss their picks for the championship four and later, some April Fool's shenanigans. Welcome back to Sports View. Next topic, is it really all about power? Makes me think of Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Gives you the power to find options based on your budget. Let's go to Chuck for an irrelevant analogy. Man, back in the day, people didn't ask how many oranges are in a crate. They just took the oranges. They didn't say, are there 6, 7, 12, 15, whatever. It was just oranges. You get me? We get you, Chuck. In a word, oranges. Give it to us straight with the Progressive Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. From the racetrack to the road home, fill up with Sunoco, the official fuel of NASCAR. Sunoco makes high-quality performance fuels for the greatest drivers in the world, both on and off the track. Whether you are pulling up to the pump or experiencing the excitement of being at the track on race day, this will be a four-tire change. They've already topped it off with Sunoco fuel. Side service complete, second can of Sunoco fuel in. He's down and away. You can trust Sunoco to be the fuel that keeps you going. Capture the essence of racing and fill up with the official fuel of NASCAR, Sunoco. This week's wheel entrusted to perform pit crew goes to Denny Hamlin's Joe Gibbs Racing Team for their part in helping Hamlin overcome trouble early and in the middle of the race and to ultimately reach victory lane. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. We discuss who would be in NASCAR's championship four as of right now with Steve Post, Woody Kane, and Dylan Welch next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network the voice of NASCAR. 2019 is the Motor Racing Network's 50th year, and things are about to get a lot louder. I'm Woody Kane. The NASCAR season is revving its engine, and MRN's two biggest loudspeakers are back. When race spotter Joey Meyer and I bring you the latest news, results, and headlines every Monday on MRN Out Loud. Crank it up. Mondays on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are heard. 
Check out MRN.com for a new podcast series called The Tough Trucks of NASCAR. 25 years and still trucking. We'll take you back to some great races. Benson to the bottom of the racetrack. This is the race for the lead and the win at Michigan. And some wild moments. One truck is in the air, Matt Crafton upside down. And we'll let you hear the stories behind them. He was too bullheaded to let me pass him, and I was too bullheaded to let him have it. Download the show for free on iTunes and at MRN.com. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. As the NCAA Men's Basketball Tournament locked in their final four over the weekend, we thought, what would the NASCAR Championship Four look like as of right now? We're a quarter way through the season and have visited every type of track at this point, with the exception of road courses. Steve Post, Woody Kane, and Dylan Welch sat down to talk about who's in and who's out. Okay, Mike. Well, we thought that now that the NCAA has their final four set, we might play around with it a little bit and do a championship four, even though we're a ways away from that point. Postman, Dylan, obviously there are some ones that we think are locks pretty much, right? I actually think there's one that's a lock, okay, at this point. And, and Dylan, I'd be interested to get your opinion. I have one lock, and then I have a bunch of other guys. Can we agree that Kyle Busch is probably a lock when we look at being part of the championship four? He's had a pretty good year yeah. so far. Yeah, pretty I'd, good. Say, I'd say he's probably safe, safe yeah. pick. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay, so my second one, and it's not necessarily performance thus far other than how good this guy is, is Kevin Harvick. I think the key with Harvick is is that, and, and he talked to us post-race, I think it was Auto Club, Speedway. I don't know, Dylan, if it was you or I that chatted with him afterward. And he said, we just don't have speed, but we're gutting it out. We're surviving and moving on. And when they get speed, I think Kevin Harvick's going to be another one that I have. Yeah, and I don't think you can overlook, though. I mean, I know we're talking about they haven't performed as well as been expected to this point because you got to look at Denny Hamlin also has two wins. Brad Keselowski has a couple yeah. of wins. Well, and I think you, you have to look at the Fords, obviously. Both Harvick sure. and Keselowski are obviously Ford drivers, and they both uh, have been so strong this year. But, but Postman, I'm with you. And another point, too, I think you have to remember the last race before Miami this is Phoenix, and yeah. we know how well he runs at ISM Raceway. So that's certainly a possibility that, that Kevin could get in. But does past history matter all that much with this completely new package now? Because most of the crew chiefs are saying, I threw all my notes away. They're not good anymore. Yeah, pa past history as far as this package may not matter, but this is still Stuart Haas racing sure. and still Kevin yeah. Harvick. Yeah. And I think past history does matter. Okay, Woody, so so I'm, I've got Kyle Busch, I've got Kevin Harvick. I, I'm, I'm with you. The Penske, I've got one of the Penske guys in there, and mm -hmm. I can go either way on this one. But I just like the numbers that you put up. Brad has two wins thus far this season. He's leading a lot of laps. His consistency hasn't been there, but Brad just needs to win one of those last three races. I, I've got Brad in my final four. And he's very good at all three of the yes. places on the, in the last round. And, and keep in mind, too, you know, they're comfortable. They're locked into the playoffs. So maybe their performance the last couple weeks hasn't been good, but they mentioned that they are using this opportunity to try things to get right. themselves better for later in the year. So uh, I, I'm with you. I think that Brad – it's hard to bet against Joey, too, in sure, the other Penske car. Uh, but I'm with Brad. I think Brad is, is a lock. I mean, um, and, and look at it this way. Seven races so far, Brad has finished in the top five in four of them, and they've been very different tracks. One is Atlanta, yeah. and one is a Martinsville. Yes, it's not just perform at this kind of track versus that kind of track. He goes to Martinsville in the fall and does what he did in the spring. He's in. Okay. What about what about dark horses? Who's got some right. best of the rest guys? Here? I have. I really like what I'm seeing out of Eric Almirola. Me too. I am just uh, six of seven races in the top ten. Like we talked about with Kevin Harvick. I think the Stewart House performance isn't there just yet. I think they're going to get better as the year goes on. If he gets better than what he's doing now, I actually have Almirola in my final four. Fifth in the overall standings right now for Almirola, Dylan. Yeah, and, and I, I agree. He is He's arguably been the best Stewart Haas car this year. Kevin obviously has been good, and Clint Boyer finished second in Texas. But I think Eric has been, has been the guy over there. And, and the more we get into the season, the more everybody gets used to this new package. SHR is going to improve their program, and, and I think Eric is certainly a dark horse that uh, I would not be surprised if he gets in. And I think the guy that I want to back up a minute, the guy I want to put in my uh, in my final four, if we're talking about that from a racing perspective, you got to look at a Denny Hamlin. Mm. Yeah, he won Daytona. That's a different bird. Texas is a mile and a half where we're going to do most of the racing this year. Six out of seven top ten finishes so far this season. A new crew chief 
And I think there was a sense coming in that this guy might be racing for his job, racing for his future, because you got a guy like Christopher Bell waiting in the wings. I think that the performance, the get after it, has been there from that team this year. I think it's been it's been very eye opening that Denny hasn't forgotten what it takes to win, right. and it just takes the right the right crew chief pairing to to get the job done. And and he and Chris Gabehart have worked together in the past in the Xfinity mm-hmm. series, so there's some chemistry there already. And it's hard to think of Denny as a dark horse because he's won two races, but but I, I think he definitely has a shot to to make it to the final four. He's good at Martinsville. He's good, obviously, at Texas. He's mm-hmm. he's good at yeah. ISM Raceway too. I just think, and this is this is so strange after what happened at Texas. I know we, where you're we going. Live, we live with it. You can't make a mistake on pit road, mm-hmm. okay? He made two of them, and then they had another and penalty. The team and made the, one. the team made one. Yeah. They had three problems on pit road, and he overcame it. My challenge with Denny Hamlin is when we get to playoff racing, I think the stakes get higher. Mm-hmm. And I think that at that point, I think those mistakes, they've got to clean those up. All right, I got three more for you that okay. are kind of the dark horse category we went to before. How about Ryan Blaney, eighth in the mm-hmm. overall standings, from that Team Penske stable, we talked about how good they're doing. Three top five finishes so far this year. Kurt Busch, five top ten finishes in seven races. An average finish of 9.6 so far. That's fourth best overall. And then Truex. Yes, he's made the switch to Joe Gibbs Racing, but I think they're going to come on and they're going to show by the time we get to the end. Five top ten finishes in uh, seven races so far. Kurt Busch has certainly led the way, but I like what I saw out of Hendrick. This past weekend at Texas. I think there's some progress there. So I'm actually in my dark horse camp going to put Chase Elliott in there. That's, that's going to be yeah. that's going to be my Chevy dark horse. And and and, and sorry, Bowtie fans, yeah. you snuck a you snuck a uh, a wild card in there. Um, but but right now the performance is there. And remember, last year it was the end of the season right. before they really came on. Absolutely. So I went with Chase Elliott on that, Dylan. And that's exactly what I was going to say too, because obviously he ran. All well. you've done is agree with him the whole time. He's Come a wise on, man. He's a he's a wise guy. Yes, he is. He's a very smart young man. Yes. Wow. Steve beat me to the punch yeah. on this, but but Chase obviously <laughs> ran well at Martinsville, had a shot to win. The Hendrick cars were, I think Texas was really a test because yeah. when we went out west, you kind of just had what you had. Mm-hmm. And everybody said that they were using the, the West Coast swing to kind of learn about this new package, take it to Texas, and that was going to be really a test of how good you were. When they could were. apply what they've learned so far. Right, yeah. and Hendrick ran well. All four yes, cars ran mm-hmm. well. Uh, Chase has probably been the best of the group so far up to this point. So I'm with you. I think that he's. I think he could sneak in there. Yeah, I think it's definitely a, a good group there. Some we agree, some yeah. we don't. But we'll see how it plays out by the time we get to Homestead. Thank you, gentlemen. All of our guys agree. Kyle Busch is a lock for the championship four, making him our AutoZone Driver of the Week. It's never a good feeling to see your check engine light on. Thankfully, the AutoZone Fix Finder service can tell you the most likely fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Coming up. We'll hear some of the best pranks drivers have pulled, and later, Cole Custer will be by. G'day, America. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. That's right. Outback delivery is here. Now you can enjoy all your Outback favourites anywhere. Our signature centre-cut sirloin at home. It's here. Or game-day party platters with kookaburra wings that'll have both teams cheering. It's here. Or steak and lobster for a date night at home. It's here. Head over to Outback.com and place your orders because Outback delivery is here. Outback Steakhouse. Aussie rules. Delivery availability varies. Delivery charge may apply. Since 1942, Freightliner has been an industry innovator, developing trucks renowned for their dependability and efficiency. Whether your job requires a dump truck, a concrete mixer, or a delivery truck, you can count on Freightliner to maximize your productivity. With a wide range of horsepower and torque rating that meet even the most demanding job conditions. Freightliner trucks are built to build your business. Learn more at Freightliner.com. Freightliner. Work smart. Drivers reveal some of the best pranks they've pulled over the years in the spirit of April Fool's Day. Next, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. MRN's Classic Races. Labonte gets crushed up. Labonte goes around. Dale Earnhardt now watches Labonte spun across the line and got the win. Spanning 50 years of NASCAR racing. Army Hall. There's a beautiful afternoon here in Daytona Beach, and the action will be fast and furious. Legendary voices. Legendary races. Daryl Simply, what happened? I just hope he chokes on that 200000 That's all I can tell you. MRN's Classic Races. Available on MRN.com, iTunes, and your favorite podcast providers. He did, he did touch. No, he knocked the hell out of me. 
Hey guys, Corley Joy. Join me and my friends, Lauren Fox and Daryl Ma on the Sunday Money Podcast. As we talk racing. What happened in California? Like what does uh, you know like, Yeah, they all sat in the pit road waiting for one guy to be the sacrificial lamb and none of, nobody wanted to do it. And just life. Did you fall in love on TV? No, definitely not. I could not. Plus, you never know who might stop by. Young Ryan Blaney's here with something in his hand. I brought you our script because you guys are like our show, so. It's Sunday Money on MRN.com, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We continue along this week's NASCAR Live. So glad you've joined us here on the Motor Racing Network. As you know, April Fool's Day is known for bringing out the prankster in everybody, drivers included. We asked what some of the best pranks they've ever pulled are, and turns out they're pretty good. Kyle Busch, one lap to go. The only one that I can remember was a roommate of mine years ago when I moved to North Carolina. He was much younger than me, but... Um, he was kind of a pain in my ass sometimes. So late one night, or actually early in the morning one morning, I went upstairs with a warm glass of water, and he slept all kinds of weird ways. And I put his hand in the glass of warm water and made him piss his bed. So that's about that's about all. I, he made me mad, so I had to get him back. And uh, it wasn't—I don't even think it was April Fools, but that's probably the best best thing I've done in a while. Daniel Hemrick is up front right now. He has led... I guess it was a, a friend's house uh, we were living at one time. We thought it'd be funny to post a note the majority of the room. I didn't quite buy enough post notes to, to get the whole room covered up, but that was a little, little gesture. Um, takes a little bit of time to pull off that many post notes, so it was fun. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I've, I think Bubba Wallace is the guy to ask that. I feel like he's probably got the guy. He's probably the guy with all the pranks. Bubba Wallace wins at Michigan. Oh, I got my mom. Um with the air horn but i staged the house like somebody broke in parents weren't home but my dad came home as i was doing it so i had him kind of get in on the plan and i was hiding behind the kitchen counter and the living room it was trashed everywhere chairs were like i didn't break anything but that would have been kind of better but i'd have probably had to pay for it but uh she walks in and you hear like what the hell what stuff like that you know somebody broke in and then i hear the air horn and she goes running. She had, like, groceries in her bag. She threw the groceries up and ran, like, hopped over a chair and just <laughs> took off running. Best prank ever. David Reagan to the bottom of the racetrack. You know, over o- over the years, uh, I have, I've, I feel like I've pulled some pretty good pranks on some friends uh, odding in. And, you know, some probably aren't appropriate that I don't need to talk about. But, uh um, man, I'm trying to think. Uh, you know, the the classic racing prank is is uh, crawl underneath one of your employees' cars and put a big tie strap on the drive shaft. So whenever they leave the shop or wherever they're at, you know, they hear that and they automatically think something wrong. And generally, you never roll underneath your car. Like, look, it's hard to get to the drive shaft. And so that's something that has been done to me and that we've done to others over the years. Clint Boyer sees the checkered flag. I've done a lot of jokes, but probably the the best one that was ever recorded was was Harvick in a golf ball because he was beating me so bad. We were betting, which I hate betting anyway because I'm so, you know, I'm just, I can't stand to lose. I can't stand it. Very competitive. We all are. Everybody knows that. But especially to him, he was my teammate, and he was murdering me on a golf course, which I don't even play golf, so I don't even know why it pissed me off anyway. But I remembered for some stupid reason I had an exploding golf ball in my bag. And he was beating me so bad that um, he was actually had lost focus and lost all attraction to the point that he was trying to make and making me look bad on the golf course. So I had Josh get his attention, distract a little bit. I placed the golf ball on his tee, and he had no clue. Like, usually when you play a prank, you can kind of see it. You know, when you watch the videos and stuff, people kind of see it leading into it. He had no clue. He launched up there, and and the funny thing that I didn't notice about that day that I saw later in the video is he didn't have any shorts on, apparently, because he had some really light-colored khakis on, and his his legs and his white socks matched them perfectly. So, um... That was a pretty fun event. Well, Chris Buescher right now is enjoying a 13-second advantage. Over- I guess to, on the April Fool's joke, uh, Easter last year uh, was on April 1st. We, we figured we would get married on Sunday, 
And so we're like, well, you know, it's probably a bad idea to get married on April Fool's Day. I don't want to walk down the end of the aisle and uh, get up there and they ask the question and, and get an April Fool's joke out of anybody. So we purposely planned to make sure that we were March 31st mm-hmm. for our wedding day uh, to to ensure that no April Fool's jokes came around. And um, now that our, uh, our anniversary is now on April Fool's Day uh, every year, it's probably uh, a good good thing on our part. A good call on Chris Busher's part not to get married on April 1st. Coming up, Kurt Becker talks with Cole Custer. And later, NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace talks Bristol, baby. Wheeland designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Wheeland product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Wheeland is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Whatever you drive, wherever you go, Hercules Tires will get you there. Whether you're running on dirt or running a job. Our dependable, high-quality tires are the perfect fit for your needs. For unmatched value, selection, and warranty with industry-leading road hazard protection, there's only one choice, Hercules Tires. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com or call 800-677-9535. Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Coming up, NASCAR Xfinity Series driver Cole Custer talks with Kurt Becker about his season and being able to hold off Kyle Busch a few weeks ago at Auto Club Speedway. First, this is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Live sports are the one true reality entertainment where a single dramatic moment can become timeless. In NASCAR, Motor Racing Network's live broadcast elevates your senses to the sights, sounds, and struggles taking place on the racetrack. Austin Dillon leads the pack. No one ever thought he would contend for the win. He's going to win the 60th running of the Daytona 500. The power of radio to the imagination of the listener. Tune in to the Motor Racing Network. Visit MRN.com for an affiliate list in your local area. Wings Nation, your go-to for Wayne Sprint Car Talk, news and information. Find all the episodes of Wayne Nation on your favorite podcast platforms. Steve Post, Ashley Stramme, and Aaron Evernham. Go in-depth with the race winners and personalities from dirt tracks all across America. Like Wayne Nation on Facebook. Follow Wayne Nation on Twitter. You'll get stories and information and live broadcasts of Wayne Nation shows from some of the top dirt tracks in the nation. Wayne Nation, your home for Wayne Sprint Cars. started 38 he will finish first in a must-win situation here this afternoon at phoenix christopher bell wins at ism raceway and punches his ticket into the championship round of four next weekend at homestead miami a great win by christopher bell this is nascar live now back to mike bagley that's how it sounded last fall at ism raceway right here on the motor racing network christopher bell winning at ism he is one of four drivers competing in this weekend's dash for cash kickoff at bristol all these dash for cash races are very high paying events considering what you're racing for so they add extra incentives to i don't want to say what is just another race but when you think of bristol you think of the bristol night race august summertime right and bristol one i feel like it just kind of gets lost in the schedule so having dash for cash on this really emphasizes this part of the schedule which is really kind of the standard races throughout the season so i think it's really good that xfinity and comcast stepped up and gave us something to race for the other drivers include Chase Briscoe, Michael Annette, and Tyler Reddick. Checkered flag in the air. Tyler Reddick wins the Ford EcoBoost 300, and Tyler Reddick wins the 2018 NASCAR Xfinity Series Championship. Can't beat money, right? It's just one extra incentive to knock someone out of the way if you really want it that bad. Speaking of Xfinity drivers, MRN's Kurt Becker recently sat down with Cole Custer to talk all things Stuart Haas Racing with Fred Biaggi and that big win a few weeks ago at Auto Club Speedway. 
Cole Custer, and he's proven today that it is indeed okay to tug on Superman's cape. Kyle Busch has nothing for Cole Custer. Custer back to turns three and four for the final time. Cole Custer grew up very close by to this racetrack, not too far away in Ladera Ranch, California, and it is going to be a popular win. He rolls off from turn number four. The crowd rises. They're all cheering wildly. Cole, they say that there's no tougher place to win than to win at home. You did that at Fontana. How satisfying was that win? It was huge, I mean, for sure. I mean, I had so many people in the stands watching. Victory Lane photos took an hour. <laughs> you know, it, was, it took so long. But uh, it was also huge for our sponsors, the Thompson Pipe and also Haas Animation. They're right there local. So it was uh, just the perfect, perfect day for us. After Victory Lane was wrapped up, did you go out and walk around the grounds a little bit and just kind of savor the moment? Yeah, it was pretty crazy. We actually planned to do that after the race with the track president, walk around the campgrounds and see all the people, and then win in the race. I mean, that made it even crazier. So it was really cool. To, their, their campgrounds there are pretty crazy. I mean, there's a lot of a lot of partying, and they're 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 one of the top ones out there. I would say the hottest name in NASCAR so far in 2019 has been Kyle Busch. Do you ever go online or pick up a paper, and when you see the headline, Cold Custer? denies Kyle Busch, which was one of the headlines after your Fontana win. What goes through your mind? It was pretty huge. I mean, I think, you know, everybody knows Kyle's one of the best in our sport. He's going to go down as one of the best. So uh, it was huge to, you know, race with him and he'd be able to come out on top. And, you know, it's just it's what we want to do as racers, though. We want to be the best and we want to, you know, beat everybody. So uh, Kyle's definitely, I have a lot to learn to get to Kyle, but I think uh, it's definitely nice to show that you can kind of compete with those guys. You want to be the best. You drive for a team owned in part by one of the all-time best, Tony Stewart. Your dad is a member of the front office. Which is more intimidating for you, answering to dad or answering to Tony? Definitely Tony. <laughs> I mean, uh, he's a really laid-back guy and everything, but he's uh, he, he was one of my childhood heroes. I mean, I watched every every race on Sunday, so it was pretty surreal to you know them uh, being able to race with him now. So it's uh, it's pretty crazy and. Uh, to be able to learn some things from Tony, I'll, I'll definitely take advantage of. Tony seems like he can be an intimidating kind of guy. Is he intimidating? I don't know if that's the right word. I mean, I'm definitely, it's hard to open up to him because, he, you know, you're almost starstruck a little bit. But uh, he's definitely, he's one of the nicest guys in the world, honestly. I think he got a little bit, uh, some people think of him in, the, in a different way, how he's kind of a hothead or something. But I think really he's one of the nicest people out there. So he's, uh, it's definitely, he's different than what you think, I guess. You have been involved virtually from the ground level of Stuart Hawes beginning an Xfinity Series team. What have you seen from this organization in terms of how quickly they've gotten this team up, up to speed? It's been insane, honestly. It's been one of the coolest experiences for me just because, I mean, in that the winter time of 2017, like, it was just like a thrash just to get anything together. We walked into the shop at, in December, and there was nothing there. There wasn't a toolbox or anything. We didn't. We had, like, one car. So it was just to see how hard everybody worked and how uh, we were just hoping, you know, that all the hard work paid off and we had some speed. It, it really does uh, mean a lot to, down the road to see how much we've accomplished with an owner's championship and the races we've won and uh, all the pulls we've had. So it's definitely it's nice to see. The NASCAR Xfinity Series has a lot of multi-car teams. For a while, you were the only car being fielded by Stuart Haas in the series. You've got Chase Briscoe as a full-time teammate now. How much has that helped the organization, and has it helped you? Uh, it definitely helps. I mean, having a second car out there to bounce ideas off of, setup-wise and driving. So, And even the speedways, you know, you can kind of help each other out on the racetrack. So it's uh, it's all positive things, and I think Chase is getting better and better every week, and he's going to be competing for wins. So. Uh, it's definitely nice to have that teammate there. When Mike Shiplett was hired, Mike was quoted back in early February as saying that one of his goals was not only to work with you, but he said, I want to help Cole Custer refine his talents. How has Mike been doing that? Uh, Mike's been, been really good. I mean, he's so experienced. And also what's crazy about him is that I think he raced a little bit when I was, he was younger. But he can sit there and help you if you know you have a question or anything about your driving, you know. So he has so many, he has so much experience. It's crazy, and uh, he knows exactly what to do when you come to these racetracks. So it's just a matter of kind of making it work with our cars and my driving style. And I think you know we've done a good job so far. It's just a matter of getting it a tick better, and we'll be the ones to beat. You were quoted as saying after the Fontana win, "I've never won this early in the year in this series." You've got that under your belt. What's the next objective for Cole Custer in 2019? 
I think the name of the game now is just the playoff points and set yourself up good for the playoffs. You know, you want to win races to and uh, win stages to try and get those points. That'll help you out there. So we've always gone into the playoffs with some playoff points, but not a ton. So it'll help a ton to kind of build a buffer if we can. So, uh, you know, that's our goal now. We still got to stay on the gas and try and win some races. Thank you, Kurt. Coming up, Rusty Wallace will stop by. And later, we'll preview the Food City 500 at Bristol. Hey guys, Corey Joy. Join me and my friends, Lauren Fox and Daryl Ma on the Sunday Money Podcast. As we talk racing. What happened in California? Like what is uh, you know like, Yeah, they all sat in a pit road waiting for one guy to be the sacrificial lamb and none of, nobody wanted to do it. And just life. Did you fall in love on TV? No, definitely not. I could not. Plus, you never know who might stop by. Young Ryan Blaney's here with something in his hand. I brought you our script because you guys are like our show, so. It's Sunday Money on MRN.com, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, it's Dylan Welch. He's Tyler Burnett. We're the co-hosts of the Rip the Fence podcast. If you like traditional non-wing dirt track racing, we've got the podcast for you. Christopher Bell. I've flipped people off before, and every time I've stuck my hand out the side of the car with my finger up, I've DNF. We literally crack open the mics and talk to some of the biggest stories in open wheel racing from past and present. Ryan Newman is in. He either chose to fight or not fight. He never chose to fight with me. (laughs) It's the Rip the Fence podcast available on MRN.com and your favorite podcast app. NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace relives some of his favorite Bristol memories next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Citywide to countryside, whatever you drive, wherever you go. Hercules Tires has the value, selection, and industry-leading warranty to get you there, no matter where the road takes you. To learn more, visit HerculesTire.com. Hercules Tires, ride on our strength. You hear it every week. Just want to thank the whole team and uh, all our guys back in Denver. Everybody supports this team. They're the unsung heroes of NASCAR, and their life is the pitch. This is Rocco Williams, and for 10 years, I've jacked up some of the biggest names in auto racing, and now I'm jacked to bring it all down to street level and acquaint you with the guys behind the wall and back at the shop. Join me on MRN Crew Call, presented by Money Lion, every Wednesday on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever podcasts are found. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. Welcome back to NASCAR Live. As we head to Bristol Motor Speedway this weekend, the half mile brings up fond memories for a lot of drivers, including NASCAR Hall of Famer and Motor Racing Network analyst Rusty Wallace. When you think Bristol, there are some names that immediately pop to the top of the list. Daryl Waltrip, you've got the successes of Jeff Gordon, and no doubt the successes of Rusty Wallace as well. Jeff Striegel and Alex Hayden had a chance to visit with Rusty about how special Bristol is to him. A dominating performance for his 46th career NASCAR Winston Cup win. The hand out the window as he takes the checkered flag, saluting the fans, and Rusty Wallace wins the Goodies Headache Powders 500 at Bristol. Nine times you went to victory lane at Bristol. Is that Rusty? Number one on your all-time hit list? It has to be because I grew up on the short tracks of America, and uh, and when I went to Bristol, I won pretty pretty quickly off the short tracks of the American Speed Association in the NASCAR. That was my first victory at Bristol. The young driver from St. Louis, Missouri, the former Rookie of the Year. The crew is jumping up and down a pit road. Wallace gets the checkered flag and wins the Valleydale 500. First. Winston Cup victory. And I love that track. I like the shape of it. I like how aggressive you can be on it. Uh, It's concrete. Now, a lot of racetracks aren't concrete. They're asphalt, but uh, that makes it unique. But it really really fit my style. With the driving that you have to do there, the high banks, the quick, short straightaways, uh, I would almost think you'd get kind of lost in such a rhythm working your way around this racetrack. How important is it to stay in the rhythm with the braking and the throttle and back and forth? I'll tell you what, that is a wonderful question, and I'll tell you an experience that happened to me one time there. I got running so hard, I'm leading the race, focused so hard. Uh, Alex, I looked up and I go, am I on the back straightaway or am I on the front straightaway? I actually lost track of where I was at. And I had a really super hyper focus then, like, where's the start-finish line at? Because <laughs> I was just focused on hitting my marks at the bottom 
bottom of that track and getting in the throttle, getting out of the throttle, you really got to be focused at that joint. And sometimes you can get it's so involved that um, you get really consumed by just what I said. 55 times you went to Victory Lane. Nine of them happened at this very difficult half mile, Bristol Motor Speedway. When you look back at all the times over there, I'm going to take you away from a win. What was a memory that might stick out and not one that you went to Victory Lane on? Oh gosh, I think the one that stuck out was a real controversial one that just really got under my skin is when Jeff Gordon and I were racing. It was one lap to go. The white flag was waving. At that particular point, I had like a six car length lead taking a white flag. I went into turn one, ran up on a lap car. Uh, he caught me down the back straight and then gave me the legendary bump and run going into turn three. Knocked me up the track. I went ahead and finished second. He won the race. And man, was I hot. Wallace falls in line behind Jimmy Spencer. Now pills to the outside of Spencer. Gordon's on his bumper. Gordon's going to try to dive to the inside. He makes contact. Gets Rusty up out of the groove. Gordon goes by and goes into the lead. Here comes Gordon down to the checkered flag. And Jeff Gordon is going to win the Food City 500. I was so hot that I waited and I waited. Three weeks later, I caught him at Richmond. I stuck his butt right in the wall. <laughs> and that was my payback, and I'll never forget it. I feel good about that one, too. I still feel good about it. <laughs> <laughs> it is a, a heck of a place to, to get a temper going there. With the success that you've had there, Jeff mentioned the nine wins at Bristol. When a driver has success at a specific racetrack, what's it like when you, you roll up and you see the grandstands knowing that you can tame this joint and you can beat the competition pretty good? You get a little extra step in you. There's no doubt about that. You get excited. You get confident going into a race where you've always done real well. Whether I went into Richmond, which was a great track for me, or Martinsville, Virginia, which was fantastic for me. But Bristol, that's where I won my most races. And when you would go in there at a place where maybe you're down on your luck a little bit or maybe you need to make up some points somehow because you got behind, are you're on a, on a dry spell, so to speak, and you go to a track like that where you're really good, you go in there with a lot of confidence that this is the track that I can make it up and finally get back in victory lane. And every time I would go to Bristol, if I was on a, a, a bad run, uh, maybe four or five races of having bad finishes or blown up engines or crashes or whatever, I always felt like I could make it up when I got to Bristol. Thank you, gentlemen. Always great hearing some stories from Rusty's time in the car. Coming up. Drivers tell us what they expect from Bristol and later, our week in NASCAR history. Progressive presents Get Pumped, inspiration to help you do insurance stuff. Okay, time out. You're going to let your budget be the boss of you? Take control with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Tell us what you want to pay for car insurance, and we'll help you find options that fit your budget. Here's some music to get you pumped. Da -dum -da -dum -da -dum -da -dum -dang -dang. I hear your budget laughing at you. Oh, wait, that's just those kids laughing at me. Ignore them! Da -dum -da -dum. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. This is one of the greatest days of racing. A picturesque setting for a racetrack. One of the best that we go to throughout the course of the year. You know when you come here, you're probably going to see things happen that you will not see anyplace else. Oh my Campgrounds are full. The fans are filing into their seats, and we are just about ready to get things going. Awesome to be here. This place is sold out once again this year. It's going to be an exciting one here today. Plan your weekend at a Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series race today by visiting nascar.com slash tickets. We hear from drivers what they're expecting from Bristol and chat with Ricky Stenhouse Jr.'s crew chief, Brian Patty, next. This is NASCAR Live on the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. Looking towards the weekend? Aren't Thursdays a drag? Hours too. Get your weekly dose of nitro-fueled NHRA talk every Thursday on the Straight Line, presented by O'Reilly Auto Parts. This is Ralph Shaheen. Join Doug Herbert and myself as we talk with the biggest names, both past and present, to ever stomp down on the loud pedal. Top fuel, funny car, pro stock, motorcycles, you name it, we talk about it. Don't miss the straight line. Thursdays on MRN.com, iTunes, or wherever your favorite podcasts are heard. Hi, folks. Mike Bagley here. At MRN, we rely on equipment from Racing Electronics. Joey Logano to the lead on the back straightaway. Racing Electronics has scanners and headphones. We can listen to every uncensored conversation between driver and crew. We're in the championship, baby. Yeah. And when we need live audio, in-car cameras, and up-to-the-second statistics, use their latest handheld unit called Legend. To learn more about these products and many others, visit RacingElectronics.com. Racing Electronics, the official two-way communication partner of MRN.
This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We're about to put a bow on this week's NASCAR Live. Bristol. You're going to hear that word a lot this week. Bristol is one of the toughest tracks on the NASCAR circuit, and every driver knows it. Those drivers who love it wish we raced there every week, and those that hate it can't wait for that weekend to be over. Here are what some of the contenders in this week's race are expecting from the world's fastest half mile. NASCAR returns to Bristol Motor Speedway this weekend, a fan and driver favorite that always delivers exciting racing. Xfinity Series driver Cole Custer says there's a reason why fans and drivers love it so much, because the track is always changing. It's definitely, I think, for every driver, everybody wants to win at Bristol. I mean, it's a childhood, you know, growing up, everybody loved Bristol. So I think uh, everybody wants to win there, everybody wants a sword. So it's uh, definitely one of the hardest tracks to win at, for sure, to figure out how the track's changing and all the VHT and PJ1 that they put down. But it's, uh, it's a really fun track to get around once you get it going good. Kyle Larson lists Bristol as one of his favorite tracks and would love to win a cup race there. But when he was asked if he would rather win at Bristol than anywhere else, he was careful with his words. I have to be careful on how I answer that question. <laughs> so no, but uh, no, I don't know. I mean, Bristol's my favorite track. So obviously you always want to win at your favorite track. And, and thankfully I was able to win an Xfinity race there last year. After being close, you know, there in, in Xfinity, every time I've ran, you know, I finished second in my first ever Xfinity race there. So I've got a ton of seconds and, and laps led and everything there. So, you know, not being able to get it done makes you want to win that much more. And, and it'll make that moment when you do win, you know, extra special. So uh, hopefully this is the year where, you know, it all come together and, and we can, you know, finally be uh, standing in victory lane there in a cup car. But with the new rules package, will the racing be the same? Denny Hamlin expects higher speeds. You know, like I say, there's going to be tons of corner speeds. Um, that's going to be that's going to be uh, interesting and see how it all plays out. I don't know. I guess they're putting the same traction compound down. I, I, I guess I don't know. It's like track to track. You don't even know like what's what all is going on. But certainly, uh, it's it's going to be super fast and, and obviously with increased corner speeds, it, it will make aerodynamics more important. One effect of the new rules package drivers have been talking about is the impact on their bodies. Some have said that they can feel a difference and that Bristol is going to be even worse. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. doesn't agree and says that if you can feel more stress on your body, well, there's an easy fix for that. Oh, uh, Driving-wise, I saw people you know, thinking it's going to be tough. Uh, if they think it's going to be tough, I feel like they should hit the gym more. Um, I think we'll be fine. Uh, I think uh, I won't fall out of the seat. Um, I feel like I'll be good. Uh, I feel like, you know, our cars are going to be fast. I feel like uh, we're prepared to go there and um, and hopefully win. So, um, you know, that's the mindset we have going into to Bristol. And, um, you know, as far as tires and things like that go, uh, it's not up to me if uh, if they handle or, or hold up not, or, or not. So hopefully uh, everything car-wise holds up. Um, I, I'll be good. Let's transition from a driver's perspective and get a crew chief's perspective. Driving Bristol is only half the battle. You have to have a good car to battle with. Brian Patty is crew chief for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. He tells us how you prepare for a track like Bristol Motor Speedway. Well, Brian... Guys showed a lot of speed this weekend, at least near the end of the race. Both the Roush cars were in the top ten. Uh, how much confidence does that give you going into a place where you have run well in the past? Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it helps. Um, but obviously Bristol's a whole different animal. Um, a lot rides on our driver because he's got such a good driver rating there. He's very comfortable. Um, last fall was probably the fastest car I've ever had at Bristol in my career. And uh, we just failed to deliver with the right front tire failure. So um, if we get past that, um, you know, I think this weekend will be a good weekend. What makes Ricky so good at Bristol? I don't know. I think, uh, well, he, any concrete track, he seems to run well Dover and Bristol. Um, search around. The high line obviously works well for him and Kyle Larson and those guys. Uh, sprint car guys, you know, like in the throttle, um, anywhere we we're in the throttle a lot. Uh, he typically runs well. So um, I don't know. He just has a different vibe when he shows up. When he walks through the gate, he knows he can win that win that race. So um, we'll see this weekend. From your perspective, what makes a car go fast around that place? Uh, well, last fall, our, our car was 
you know, could run the bottom, could run the top, just had a lot of grip. Um, we were good on long run. Um, you got to get, you, you got to be decent on short runs with, you know, after restart, but long runs pay off. Uh, but really just grip. I mean, our car just, you know, the more grip you have, the faster you are. Short run, long run doesn't matter. So if we can generate that this weekend, we'll be okay. With this new aero package and the added downforce, how does that change things that you do as a crew chief on the race car? Oh, it's, uh, you know, the, the track creates a lot of force within our chassis and, and suspension, uh, more so than probably anywhere else. Um, and we're seeing that right now in our simulations. Uh, so really making sure our cars are beefed up enough where they don't break um, so we can finish. Um, obviously, you got to first finish to finish first is the old saying. Um, so if we can do that, we'll be okay. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's it's demanding the new aero spec, obviously, and then obviously uh, Goodrich bring a new tire also. Um, you know, it's a lot of variables, so we'll have to stay on top of it. As a crew chief, when it goes week to week like this and they're, you're going to tracks with this new aero package and, and you're kind of learning throughout the weekend about what the car needs, how it's different than it's been in the past, what kind of challenge as a crew chief does that present for you? Uh, you just got to be on top of your game, right? It's uh, The shells continue to change weekly, um, what you try to do. Um, Texas is one aero spec, uh, you know, what we, ch- what we can change, and obviously Bristol is totally opposite. So um, short tracks, it's a little bit closer than last year. You know, it's uh, still short track, still got to have forward bite, still got to have grip, and still got to turn in the center. Um, so those tracks are a little closer in 2018. Uh, the bigger tracks, the Texas, the, the tracks that we're drafting uh, now is, is definitely different. But uh, Bristol, I look forward to the about the same characteristics as what we saw last year. A lot of the Ford teams have been obviously very stout this year. Do you guys feel like you're missing something, or, or where do you feel like you need to improve a little bit to get to where they are? Well, we were missing something last year also, right? Um, stats don't lie. Um, seems like we're still off a little bit from those guys. And we're going to have to get pretty aggressive here to figure it out. To, to, uh, I mean, running 10th to 15th is not going to cut it. Uh, it's better than what we were last year. But, uh, you know, 26 races into this year, I don't think it's going to be enough. So we'll have to uh, continue to build our cars, work on them, which we are. Um, tunnel, arrow, and just trying to create grip. I mean, if you can create grip in this series um, and makes drafting easier, it just makes everything easier. Um, I know that... Uh, you know, NASCAR is doing some auditing with, with chassis or cars body-wise and stuff, so we'll see uh, kind of where we fall. Um, and after that, um, we'll at least have a direction. That's Brian Patty, crew chief for Ricky Stenhouse Jr. Coming up, we'll take a trip through this week in NASCAR history and hear a tease of the latest podcast on MRN.com. It's all in our AutoZone commercial-free zone. It's never a good feeling to see your check engine light on. Thankfully, the AutoZone FixMinder service can tell you the most likely fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. Whelan designs and manufactures reliable and powerful warning lights, white illumination lighting, sirens, controllers, and high-powered warning systems for automotive, aviation, and mass notification industries worldwide. Every part of every Whelan product is proudly designed and manufactured in America and is tested on site to meet the toughest industry certifications. On the road, in the air, and around the world, Whelan is trusted to be seen, trusted to be heard, trusted to perform. Since 1942, Freightliner has been an industry innovator, developing trucks renowned for their dependability and efficiency. Whether your job requires a dump truck, a concrete mixer, or a delivery truck, you can count on Freightliner to maximize your productivity with a wide range of horsepower and torque rating that meet even the most demanding job conditions. Freightliner trucks are built to build your business. Learn more at Freightliner.com. Freightliner, work smart. This is NASCAR Live. Now, back to Mike Bagley. We are getting ready to head to the house for this week's NASCAR Live. Before we do, it is that time again for a little history lesson with Susie Armstrong. Susie, we are ready for class to begin. As March Madness winds down to the Final Four, the NASCAR world winds up for some Bristol craziness in a week historically full of memorable moments. Like 1984, when Kenny Loggins' Footloose danced up the charts to number one as the music world mourned the tragic loss of Marvin Gaye. 
The 46th NCAA Men's Basketball Championship was in full song as Brandon Gons' alma mater, Georgetown, beat Houston 84-75. And for the seventh time in a row, Daryl Waltrip avoided mayhem to grab the checkers at Bristol Motor Speedway. Behind Rusty Wallace and ahead of Ricky Rudd. Darrell Waltrip is. Race traffic not a factor. He's taking a cautious line into turn three. The Junior Johnson streak remains intact as Darrell Waltrip comes off turn number four. A wave to the crowd as he takes the checkered flag and wins the Valleydale 500. Slide job forward to 1990. One hit wonder Alana Miles fills the airwaves with black velvet. Nevada LV slapped Duke 103-73 at the 52nd NCAA championship just after CBS sucker punched Brett Musburger firing the longtime sportscaster on the eve of the big game. And Dale Earnhardt spanked him at Darlington Raceway, holding off a hard-charging Mark Martin to capture victory in the Trans-South 500. Into the back straightaway now as they come streaking down. Half a lap to go in the Trans-South 500. Earnhardt, one car length over Martin. To the bottom of three, up to the top in the middle of the corner. Now down off of turn four, still one car length. Off the corner they come after what was somewhat of a disappointing start to the season. Dale Earnhardt won in Atlanta. Dale Earnhardt wins here at Darlington. Our journey wraps up this first week of April in 2006. Kenny Chesney was a hillbilly rock star out of control as living in fast forward shot to the top of the country chart. Katie Couric made the live announcement that she was leaving NBC's Today Show to join the CBS Evening News. Florida had UCLA covered 73-57 during the 68th NCAA championship. And Tony Stewart survived a late race restart at Martinsville Speedway to win the DirecTV 500. Final time off turn number two. Tony Stewart just has to keep it on the rails, and he's going home a winner. Into turn number three for the final time. Tony Stewart looking for victory lane. Defending Nextel Cup Series champion comes to Martinsville Speedway in Virginia to score his first win of 2006, taking the direct TV 500. Those are just some of the game-changing moments from this week in NASCAR history. Thank you, Susie. MRN is continuing to celebrate 25 years of NASCAR Gander Outdoors Truck Series Racing with MRN Presents the Tough Trucks of NASCAR, 25 years and still trucking. This week, we cover the many colorful personalities of the series. Brendan Gone gets turned around and slams hard into the inside retaining wall. Running five trucks is asinine and a little upsetting right now, but hey, we'll end up second, third, fourth, something like that in the championship. And, uh, you know, for a team based out of Las Vegas, we're not half bad. He got out of the truck. Went right over to the to the driver's side window of Iman Kiroga there and dropped the window net and went at it. You could see him from the pit lane, finger in, in the face of Kiroga, and you can tell Brendan was hot and he was fired up and, and rolling. Brendan had his helmet off. Kiroga was still inside the truck, and from my vantage point on the pit lane, I'm like, this is a one-sided conversation. And Brendan said it was all one-sided, too, because I caught him off guard because I cussed him out and I yelled at him in Spanish. He wasn't expecting that. But here comes Dennis Setzer, the winner of the Dodge California Truck Stop 300. Dennis Setzer's a god. When it comes to short track racing, there is Zeus, Apollo, and Dennis Setzer. I mean, I'm telling you, the man taught me more in life. Uh, Martinsville 2002, Dennis Setzer won the race from dead last, and he, dude, he is the man. The man, the myth, the legend. He is everything he's supposed to be. And I, if it's a short track, Dennis Setzer's my hero. Advantage, Bobby Hamilton. He pulls away by a truck link. He'd be one of those guys that would come to you and try to help you out. You know what I mean? Instead of, like, going to some of these guys and be like, hey, when I enter this corner, the car, you know, kind of does this. You know, Bobby would, Bobby would come to you and just general conversation and, and just try to, you know, help you out. Ah, uh, there are many more names and many more stories told in that podcast. Be sure to head off to MRN.com to hear all the previous episodes and all the future ones to come as well. That was our AutoZone commercial free zone. It's never a good feeling to see your check engine light on. Thankfully, the AutoZone Fix Finder service can tell you the most likely fix for free. Get in the zone, AutoZone. That's going to do it for this week, folks. We'd like to thank Cole Custer for joining us. Also, NASCAR Hall of Famer Rusty Wallace and Brian Patty. 
And for the MRN crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll talk to you next week again right here on NASCAR Live. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live is a production of the Motor Racing Network with studios in Concord, North Carolina and Daytona Beach, Florida. And was brought to you by Bloomin' Monday at Outback Steakhouse and by Hercules Tires, right on our strength. Today's broadcast was produced by Alexa Henrian, Tyler Burnett, and Rich Colbrin. The executive producer for MRN is Ryan Horn. Remember to visit MRN.com to get all of the latest NASCAR news and information. NASCAR Live is produced under an exclusive license with NASCAR. Any use of the accounts or descriptions contained in this broadcast must be with the express written permission of NASCAR and the Motor Racing Network. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc.